to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a plane, on a train, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we talk about our exploration of the Dubliner in St. Paul taste some whiskey, and learn about the history of the oral tradition. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. Uh, speaking of the world outside your window, uh, are you, do you have your face pressed up against it yet? Because I know I did actually <laughs> earlier today. Um, and we are still in isolation here. Mm-hmm. Um, we... We're recording this on the 24th of March, and we don't usually say that, um, but we are, um, as we did with the last episode. Um, part of the reason I'm mentioning that is because the Dubliner is currently closed. Um, and according to their website, they are um, hoping to return and, re- and reopen on the 27th of March, which is three days from recording and about a week ago from uh, or two weeks ago from date of publish. But or three weeks, whatever. But it's going to be the, almost a month by the time that that uh, this I'm, episode actually comes out. I'm guessing they probably won't be open. I mean, I I am one of the people who is remaining um, kind of well, hopefully optimistic. And I believe that uh, we as a society are going to just kind of like resume things um, in the they nearest really future. They don't really offer like a ton of like food food options like mm-hmm. they do have some food but like they're not really known for their food options the dubliner is known for its uh bar pub atmosphere and they've got live music and they've got irish dancing and yeah. you know they're they're much more of a like a place of the neighborhood to come in and congregate which in these times that we are currently in uh, and possibly out of by the time this comes out fingers crossed um it is not happening currently <laughs> congregating yeah. is not something that uh, anybody um, wants anyone else to be doing um, and it's and just seriously do your part do not congregate the the thing is in like, flatten the curve yeah it, like we can we can use the um you know the 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 wording that has been then put out about social distancing and whatnot but the thing to the, to remember um is i i was listening to uh a health official speak and it was one of those things that I got sent and I didn't get sent the whole video and I don't have a lot of info but the gist of the conversation was um, in the uh, the the Spanish flu outbreak in 1918 um, St. Louis uh, basically just shut everything down and kind of had people stay at home um, for a while. Um, I don't know how long that was. I'm assuming it was about a month um, but Philadelphia did not and Philadelphia had a lot more cases that were, that were uh, a lot more total cases of the Spanish flu uh, and a lot more that were much more severe right and you know where we're sitting uh here in the the second to last week of march uh, in 2020 we don't know where we're sitting well okay we don't know like we don't know um exactly what is going on for everyone because we can't test for it well yeah um but the big thing to remember just as a human and maybe this will come out at a time um where that is in the past i doubt it but i'm hopeful um but it's you know if if you're not sick, if you don't have symptoms, still just don't stay home. Don't have, you know, don't go out and personally out. meet with people um, for extended periods of time that you don't know. Like if you need to check on, don't a go to member, people that you know either. Yeah. Like 
if if you need to check on a family member, like call them. Yes. If if you have to give them something, like bring them, you know, like bring them the object, leave it on their doorstep and leave and let them sanitize it to bring it into their home. And it seems like a lot. It seems like something that is almost overkill. And it's really not. And it's yeah, it sounds so irrational. But the thing is, is this is exponential because it's not it's not just about you and it's not just about. You know, you, you going to see your, your parent, your sibling, um, you know, when you go to see your parent, you're not just going to see your parent, you're going to see any per any risk factor that your parent has. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if your parent went to Sam's Club that day to get supplies, you're seeing that any chance that that parent has of passing that risk factor onto you. Mm-hmm. Or if you went to the grocery store, you have that risk factor then that you're passing on to your parent. And then mm-hmm. if your your parent goes out to a grocery store, they're taking whatever you have and bringing it with them to that grocery store. Mm-hmm. So the more that we can do to isolate and reduce our risk to each other, the better. And the thing is, like, minimize this is a, your contact. And this is a short term thing like this. Like we won't have um, we won't have this completely locked down until we have a vaccine for it. And we have ways to, to right. that we are very sure are going to be treating for it. And that's going to take a lot more time than it's going to take to get through the hump of this, because if we all do our part in not going out and just like giving the opportunity for the virus to spread, um, it'll slow down and hopefully we'll be able to resume life as normal uh, much at much sooner. Because otherwise, you know, we're looking at five, six months of this kind of thing on and off and on and off. And if it keeps ha- it keeps coming in waves like this, it's going to get so much worse. Yeah. And really, that's Aaron makes a really good point. Like, that's exactly what we're looking at. We're looking at basically like like a floodgate opening and closing, you know, <sighs> It, it'll end up being like this where we open for we we open it up thinking thinking everything's okay and then we have to shut everything down again because we don't have the ability to protect people from this yet and the bigger thing is you know with it with it being a respiratory um illness there you know it, you can search for all the items about ventilators and how few we have for the number of humans that we have, especially in the U.S., but especially but even more worldwide. You know, we have a pretty robust health system. It's like insurance is a nightmare to begin with. But without that, you still have, you know, if you have people that are highly at risk and they end up needing ventilators, there's only so many to go around. You know, I've heard numbers between 60 and 160,000 total ventilators, which are not just adding oxygen. It's an it's a mechanical apparatus that will breathe for the patient, force gas in. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are incredibly scarce um, because we don't usually need them. And if we if we built capacity into our system to deal with like 10 million people, then we would have a lot of abandoned hospitals just sitting around moldering, waiting for another thing like this. And then in 100 years, they'd be in such states of disrepair that they wouldn't be useful. Um, you know, so the preparedness of the government, whether local, federal, state, municipal, what have you, um, doesn't mean nearly as much as what you do as an individual because you because are the, the one who can control what you. you do. The power lies with you. We're we're a travel podcast. We love to travel. We can't do that right now. Yeah, now is not the time for travel. I mean, we did um, 
you know, the last few episodes we put out were from a day, God, I'm like as of recording almost a month ago, as of the time you will be listening to us yeah. have this conversation um, almost two months ago. And it was a very different time. Life was much more what we considered normal. And this is this is not the new normal. This is a short term thing that we need to do to stop the spread of a disease so that it doesn't become some, something worse. I would much rather <laughs> look back on this in 20 years and think of how stupid it was that people bought all the toilet paper right away yes. and um, and laugh at those people and then be like, you know, hey, there was, you know, there there are a lot of people that have died from this disease. And mm-hmm. that is a terrible thing. But it would be so much worse if we would be looking at millions dead, which is what you see from, you know, if you go back every hundred years or so, there's a pandemic. There is some sort of yeah. contagion that spreads across the world with this kind of rapidity. And, you know, the Spanish flu is the most recent mm-hmm. um, that really affected things. I mean, we had the scares with uh, H1N1 swine flu. We had the scares with avian flu and we had the scares with SARS. Um, but we in, haven't had something like this. No, we haven't had something that has spread this rapidly um, and actually hurt people. And I think the biggest thing to remember is we get complacent. Yeah. We get super complacent about um, it's not a big deal kind of thing. And people do that in their daily lives with small things and it becomes bigger things like this. The, you know, like the harm is the harm are the people that are that are willing to rationalize it. The people that know better and are willing to rationalize their own comfort over mm-hmm. the safety of others and themselves. It's like I remember when uh, when H one N one because it was you know it was tagged as swine flu and it was this big thing and you know I remember going to the state fair that year and everyone was joking about just avoiding the pig pens mm-hmm. and it was it was not nearly to scale as the normal flu that year. But it's also it's also really important to remember that, you know, these types of warnings and, you know, calling something something a pandemic, um, that type of language should be reserved for things like this. You know, we're, right. we're looking at hundreds of thousands of cases in in weeks, not in months. You know, like it's, you know, the from where this it originated in, in the Wuhan region of China, you know, you, you just... were looking at thousands of people in the first week. And mm-hmm. I, I remember kind of like myself, I was looking at these kind of daily updates on websites of kind of where uh where it was Mm -hmm. right and i i remember it was like it was slowly growing in china stay contained Mm -hmm. and it you know we we were hoping that it would stay there and then it slowly kind of kept going and kept going and then it hit you know it hit europe and it started hitting the americas um i i remember uh like you know it hit madagascar a week ago or two (laughs) um which if you've played, if you've played, <laughs> played Plague, Plague. It, it's, it's almost, uh, it's almost comical, but it's still a very real threat. And I know you that know, we're talking a lot about this, but it's, it really comes down to, you know, the reason that we like the Dubliner is when this boils over and everything reopens, I want to go back because I want to make myself remember what it was like when I didn't have like i didn't sit here without having a, a a job to go to you know or you know just things around the house to take care of like i i will need at that point to leave the house and go do something I social go and sing with other people mm-hmm. when so here's here's we have an opportunity this is the final thing i'm gonna say about um uh covid19 mm-hmm. um aaron and i have kind of and people that are uh of our age and older have the benefit of remembering 
the Y2K panic mm-hmm. and the ensuing like uh, years after that. And when you talk to people now, like they laugh about Y2K. The reason that people laugh about Y2K was because we there were so it. many people that dealt with it and prepared for it and worked to make it not happen and make make things safe for it mm-hmm. that nothing significant happened because of it we have an opportunity to treat this like we treated y2k mm-hmm. but we're not doing that some of us are some of us are i'm sorry there, some of there, us are there are many there are many that are doing doing what they need to do and you know self-isolating social right. distancing whatever you but want to call it so much more people to do that yeah it's you know i uh, are we I, preaching I, to the choir? <laughs> we are. We are probably preaching to the choir because a lot of you are our friends anyway. Um, I lucked out because I live in a neighborhood where everyone's friendly, but no one's overly friendly. And part yeah. of that is just being from Minnesota because it's like, oh, hey, you live next door to me. I will wave at you, but I'll know very <laughs> little about you. I not know much about you. Yeah. Speaking of not knowing much about you. Let's actually talk about a neighborhood gathering at mm-hmm. the Dubliner. So mm-hmm. the Dubliner is a pub in St. Paul on University Avenue. It is an old brick style pub. It's got great wood inlays. Like this feels like your neighborhood bar when you go in. It's got mm-hmm. this this responsive, bouncy wood floor. Like when you tap your mm-hmm. toe to the music on this place, it just you can feel the reverb of of your thumps. Um, it's also it's a big open space. Like yeah. there's there's a couple like pillars for obvious structural support, um, but they don't have walls or anything separating it. They make it feel right. like one big space for everyone to be in. I love it. It literally feels just like a big gathering hall. And, and the bar is like three quarters of the the like length of the whole place. Mm-hmm. It's just it's long. It's well stocked. Um, you know, I've I've never had a bartender that was uh, like ill tempered with me. Exactly. Um, I've always had great experiences when I was there. And it's one of those places that, again, you know, as of right now, it's the 24th of March. Uh, they are scheduled to reopen on the 27th or until they hear differently. Uh, that's going to depend on a lot of factors. The city of St. Paul, the state of Minnesota, the county of Ramsey. Um, but hopefully, you know, by the time we hit April and May, we'll be able to see places like the Dubliner and especially the actual Dubliner reopen um, and start serving the needs of the people who need to go out and be social. And you can go out and you can do the, the pub sings. We could talk about the pub sings. Yeah. So the pub sings are amazing. Um, they are the second Monday of the month at the Dubliner. Think so? Yeah, second Monday. Yeah, the second Monday shanty sang at the Dubliner and same. Um, and it's amazing. Like you get together and you you sing, uh, you sing songs. It's just filled with people lifting their voices. And the mm-hmm. cool part about it is, um, no paper passed out. Like I, I mean, I get it. Like so, like. You might have to go a couple of times to kind of get the uh, get the hang of yeah. uh, some of the songs, but part of it is getting to go a couple of That's times. That's part of the magic of it, though. Like, um, so in in kind of a lot of like like uh, like British and um, Scandinavian. Well, actually, no, not just like it's actually a universal thing. Um, there's a passing down of history in the oral tradition, basically singing your history to people mm-hmm. and. Um, they literally do that 
through the song. And you can feel that when you are at the Dubliner. Yeah, it's, I mean, one of the other things about that place that I really enjoy is you can be as social or non-social as you really want generally like mm-hmm. if you don't engage people will be friendly and they will smile yeah. but if you just kind of wave and go back to your conversation they leave you alone um mm-hmm. it is hard to have a conversation during pub sings you can't um, like it, like being hard i mean it, you have to go step outside if you want to <laughs> have a conversation um but it's not like it's not like there is just constant singing yeah, for three true. straight hours you know there's a song and a break and a song and a break Uh, I mean, they have, but they also have live music six nights a week. Yeah. Um, It is, they, they have an Irish dancing on Wednesday nights. And they also, they teach Irish dancing earlier on Wednesday evening. So it's like, I I think it's like from six to seven, they do the like instructional portion. And then Mm -hmm. from seven to nine or from eight to 10, they'll do the, like the full on, you know, they'll kind of move tables out of the way and make a little bit more room in front of the stage. So you can participate in the Irish dancing. And honestly, it's really fun. It is. It's so much fun to see everybody when you show up to something like this and just, it feels like you're in a neighborhood. It's also one of the places that I've, I've never really felt embarrassed to do something because with the pub sing and with the the Irish dancing, they are they are welcoming. They yeah, want they you are. to try. They want you and to just be there. And they're not going to mock you for screwing up. Like if you screw up a word or if you're off pitch, no one really cares because like anyone who has ever been to a really large concert knows when all of the voices sing together it evens out like Mm -hmm. unless every single person is completely off pitch it's gonna sound fine and as a large group it's just it's a wonderful experience yeah it's so much fun like you get to you literally just get to open up your vocal cords and just things out Mm -hmm. it's one of the few places that i actually feel comfortable singing in public still Mm -hmm. like i did karaoke um after my wedding, which was a year ago. Um, but <laughs> I I was super nervous because I hadn't sung in front of anybody in a very long time. And I also hadn't sang much. So then I sang karaoke and I'd like, I hated my performance, but because I, I did it at the Vegas Lounge and everyone was like fine with it. And everyone was like, you did good. And I didn't believe them because that's my own anxiety issues. Yes. Um, but it's it's easier to do so in a crowd at a place like the Dub- Dubliner. And mm-hmm. I know because we've talked about Merlin's Rest uh, many times. Uh, we did a, one of our earliest episodes there and um, they do pub sings as well. They don't they do, do Irish dancing, but they do the pub sings. I love I love Merlin's Rest. It is honestly one of my favorite places to be. I think because we've referenced the Dubliner several times and I'm glad we're finally talking <laughs> about it like as its own thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's um, you know, we're we're sitting here and I'm just having these fond memories of the times that we've gone um, because a lot of the times I've been at the Dubliner, I was kind of drunk by the time I got there. You know, it's like getting rides from somebody else or, you know, walking down from another place on University Avenue, um, taking a taking a cab or a a Lyft or an Uber or something. Um, I have scattered memories of the Dubliner. I have impressions of the Dubliner. I have very few like very solid memories of specific things that happened, but everything that I remember there uh, is warmth and friendship and just joy. 
I remember meeting uh I remember meeting some friends at the Dubliner. I think I think that's how most uh most stories with the Dubliner start out. Like mm-hmm. you don't you don't uh, you don't necessarily go there alone. I mean, you do. Like people obviously do, but mm-hmm. like it's one of those places that you might go alone, but you'll leave with 10 new friends. Yeah. And, and a lot, like a lot of times you, you meet, like it's a meeting place. Like it, it, it's a great, it's a great place to hang out. Mm-hmm. Like bar le- breweries are a place where you can, you know, breweries tend to get pretty loud. Oh yeah. But oh yeah. This I mean, is one of those place- ones that doesn't always feel like that. Yeah, like, again, during the pub sings, it's going to be loud. But generally, when they have, like, live music going, they, you know, the performers are off in kind of the back corner, closer to the, like, parking lot, because the main entrance is right off University Ave. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never, it's never, for me at least, been fully overwhelming that there is somebody playing a guitar and singing. Um, yeah you know, or a small band or something like they have, like the way their audio system works is they don't really have, and they don't bring in acts that are going to be super loud and distracting either. Like you want to pay attention to the, yeah, you're never going to see a metal band at the Dubliner. (laughs) No, uh, you might get some sort of like dropkick Murphy's cover band. Um, but I don't think that they have the stage base for, uh, for that really, you're going to get more, uh, a couple dudes and guitars, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a banjo. Maybe a stand-up uh, bass. You're gonna get um, washboard acoustics. Yep. Like um, the cool part about the Dubliner is you're gonna see some music that you or hear some music that you might not uh, like normally hear because mm-hmm. they do get traditional um, folk music from time to time too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of because like, also because they they focus more on Irish and Irish American music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of vocal harmonies with very simple oh, melodies yeah. played behind it. Like the last time we were there, when we when we stopped in during our our big kind of like impromptu uh, brewery tr- crawl, um, it was just it was it started with one guy on a guitar, and then he brought up a friend of his, uh, and then they did harmonies. And yeah. you know, it's two dudes in their forties that it's obvious that they they do this for the love of it. Um, and it, you know, it's we paid attention on and off, but they were good, and you they know they fantastic. played well they and great. they harmonized well, and it just added to the atmosphere of the experience. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, I was glad to to have a break and have a whiskey ginger. Uh, I, we we tasted a lot of beer that night, and I spent <laughs> a lot of time making my beer face. And Andrea was enjoying it and laughing at me, and I was just like, I want to taste something sweet. Well, and uh, the other fun part about the Dubliner is that they do have free puke corn. Yep, they have uh, the, the popcorn for, machine. Yeah, for our listeners, it's uh, it's the free lunch, um, aka you know popcorn that is from the machine, aka puke corn. Uh, if you're my spouse, <laughs> uh, I do like that. Um, when you want water, there they had uh, they have pitchers. They just have pitchers filled with ice water and then a glass. So you can pour your own glass of ice water from the bar. You don't have to like go to the bar, wait to get a bartender's attention and then just ask for water, <laughs> you know, because it's it's one thing, you know, when you, they've got three or four bartenders at this very large bar and, you know, some nights it gets really busy. It gets pretty packed. It gets hard to find a space to just get in to get your drink order. Yeah, uh, there is no wait staff. 
Um, really, they don't have people coming out to, uh, to get your drink order while you're at tables. They have bartenders uh, and barbacks. So you go back out to uh, the bartender and you find, you know, you find your time with them. But if all you want is a glass of water or you need, you know, you need something for somebody at your table, you can just fill that up from the pitcher at the front of the bar into a plastic cup. Take that over and boom. You are you are set for liquid at that point. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, um, I I love a bar that practices good hydration practices. Mm-hmm. And it's all because I've been to bars. I've been to a lot of bars that are about the same size as the Dubliner, and had those moments where it's just like I just want a glass of water because I've been drinking straight for like six hours, and I need to be hydrated, and I need <laughs> to not drink a you know an like another cocktail or or another cider and standing in that same line trying to get a glass of water and it's like it's you're sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and finally i just want water and they're like oh okay and then they go get you your glass of water and you get your like little eight ounce cup of water you're like i was hoping for something larger but okay thank you uh you know it, um oh go ahead so the, the one thing i wanted to like just popped in my head the the one thing I love about the Dubliner is it's never going to be like a really big nightclub vibe. And I used to love those in my 20s. Yeah, you did. Like, I remember you taking me to, um, <laughs> what is it, the Onion? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, the Wild Onion. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the Wild that Onion. Was- and it's, it's just, I, I had, I had such a love of just being out in these gigantic crowds of pretty young people. Um, and it's like, it's a line, there's lines out the door and there's a $5 cover charge and it's so nightmare. loud that you can't hear anything. I thrived on it for a while and then I stopped going and I went back and I'm like, this is my nightmare now. Like, uh, our friend Kyle, we had his birthday and we went to the poor house and this is god this is six years ago now um <laughs> so this was back in 2014 i was back in town and it's like i met up with a bunch of people from our friend group and we went to the poor house and i i tried to have conversations with like eight people for 20 minutes and then i just went out to the smoking patio and stood where it was quiet mm-hmm. and just sent a text to everybody and i'm like i'm out at the smoking patio if you want to see me like come out here because i can't stand the loud anymore um, you know um we should we should talk about the dubliner on the completely arbitrary review scale mm-hmm. if, you haven't, if you're not familiar with it the yeah. completely arbitrary review scale is where aaron and i uh talk about the thing that would make us go back to a place the one thing because mm-hmm. we think reviews are bs yeah. For me, it is the community. Even mm-hmm. though we don't have the gathering place, the Dubliner still has that community. I mean, the pub sings are actually still going on on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Dubliner is still talking to people. What about you, Aaron? I, you know, it really comes down to uh, its comfort. Every time I go there, I have been comfortable. I have never felt uh, bad in my own skin, and I have never felt like there was people who were like looking at me and mocking me or my group of people um, because it is a place for neighborhood gatherings, and everyone wants to have a good time there. And you know, no one has to put on pretense of who they are when they go to the Dubliner. You go, you get your booze, you sit down, and you shut up, or you sing, or you listen to the things that are going on, but you don't, you don't have to worry about anyone else. Uh, that you don't choose to worry about. I love that. Well, if you have memories of the Dubliner that you want to share, 
feel free to leave a comment on our Facebook page, uh, tweet at us, Instagram, or email us, fans at travelbyproxy.com. And once again, the Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixture.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoy it, and we wish you a look out your window. window. I actually didn't pause for you that time. That's okay. It's, again, it's the video thing. I see you on video, and there's a delay from your video, from your movement to your voice. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful time. Oh, I uh, stopped the recording. That's okay. That's okay, though, because Craig is still recording. So, hi, Craig. We're actually still recording right now because I haven't told Craig to leave the channel. I haven't stopped mine yet either. Right, Which Craig. I have. I can add it later when I edit the episode. So, Craig, there. leave. I got to tell Craig to leave. He-